The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello! Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Fowdy. I'm Lynn Ozawi, and do we have an episode for you? It'll make you laugh. It'll make you think. It'll make you want to go play pickleball. (laughs) Our guest is Jenny Levy, head coach of women's lacrosse at the University of North Carolina, and a very enthusiastic pickleball player, as we will, of course, get to in this episode. She played college lacrosse at the University of Virginia, where she won a national title as a player. And then a couple years after graduating from UVA, she was offered her first, and it turns out, only head coaching job she has ever had at the University of North Carolina. Yes, Jenny has been at the helm of UNC lacrosse, since its inception in 1994. And in 28 years at Carolina, she has guided the Tar Heels to seven ACC tournament titles, three national championships, including one this past season, and has been named National Coach of the Year three times. And the stat that always gets me, Lynn, is UNC has been to 10 of the last 12 NCAA Final Fours. And then, this past July, she coached the U.S. lacrosse women's national team, because she's the head coach of that as well, to gold at the World Championships, the first time the U.S. has won on home soil. And by doing that, she did the double, an NCAA title and World Championship title in the same year. And I'm not done. She just got inducted into the National Lacrosse Hall of Fame on October 15th. She's renowned for building a great team culture in all she does. So get ready to hear Jenny's coaching philosophies and what matters most to her when it comes to building a positive, successful program. So get comfortable listening. It's Jenny Levy. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. and. Honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time finding the joy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling alright, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. How cool is that shot? That might be our most epic background ever. Caning right behind here? Yeah. Is one of my players, uh, my goalie wow. did it for me. One of our <gasps> players did it. That's beautiful. What year is that? Was it like when you won in 16 or? I think that photo is from 16. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a Mia bobblehead <laughs> that just got delivered. No way. How, 
how does one get their hands on something like that? Well, they are a giveaway at a soccer game at some point. Wait, was she 19 at North Carolina? Yeah. Wasn't she, was not she 19 the whole time? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. UNC trivia, I don't think I knew. I think I asked that as a question. Did you? Yeah. A while ago, and I just can't remember shit. CRS? I would like to start with, I really like your aura ring. Jenny. Oh, yeah. I was an early adapter. So was I. Yeah. In on oh, it early. Here Hi, we this go. is my second here one. This is my second go. one, too. Yes. Oh. Same finger, even. First one I wore on my thumb. I definitely like my thumb better because when I spread my phalanges, it hurts in the middle. <laughs> it hurts like nice in the use middle. Of phalanges. Uh huh. Yes. It does? Yeah. It will, like, especially when I do yoga. So I have to switch yeah. it. Oh. And yeah. So if I'm my third one, I'm going to go back to my thumb. I am not an aura ring adopter. You're not? No. Not yet? No. And I told Lynn if she got me one, I'd flush it down the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that means you're sleeping. I'm like, I don't want to know that I had a bad night's sleep and that I'm imbalanced or whatever the hell it tells you. I'm like, I don't want to know that. I don't. You're you're approaching it the wrong way. You, you you need to reframe. You need to reframe. Reframe. Thank, Thank you. you, Hank. You don't look at it until the end of the day. Oh. I don't look at my information until the end of the day. And then I was like, I just crushed today at 50%, you know? <sighs> okay. I like that better. Mm-hmm. Lynn, adopt that. Yeah. I'd still flush it. Jenny, yeah, I'm totally going to try that because I always look at it. If I look at it, I always look at it first thing. And for me... I like the information. Can't do that. I like to say I don't judge myself based on it, but I will try the end of the day. Yeah. That's a total reframe. Yeah, because then it will tell me if I need to go to bed early. And sometimes I can, and sometimes I don't have a choice. I can't. But then, but then like, but then it just was what it was. You can't, you can't control it at that point, you know? Yeah. And all of us going through menopause, you know? Oh God, we could do a whole, let's do a whole pot on that. Jesus. The worst. Ah, the worst. (laughs) Everything's dry. I mean, my brain's dry. My uterus is dry. I mean, it's just the worst. Everything. The V word I want to say is dry. Everything's dry. (laughs) My husband's like, uh, and I'm like, it's not personal, honey. I just, I I don't know what to tell you. I can't. I know. I know. I'm like, (laughs) back the F away. I'm just trying to get my own self like, going. Yeah. I'm like Chernobyl over here. Like, no, no more. Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> we got Sedona over here. <laughs> um, wait, can I can we just put the Mia bobblehead in the corner just like so we can see it? Like just okay. like yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like right in, <laughs> right in the corner. Yeah, there it is. There she is. That makes me feel better. Jenny, can you set the scene for us? I am in my office. It is a beautiful day in Chapel Hill. And we got back late as a team last night um, from being up in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, Yeah. We got to play the national team on Saturday, which actually I coached the national team and not the Tar Heels. Um, Had a great celebration on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, we um, did a 5K for a charity event for one of my um, players who passed away in childbirth. Um, which was like a little dark, but it's her 10 year anniversary of her death. She had twins and died having twins. So we took, yeah. Yeah. So we took, we took the whole team to Annapolis and ran a 5k. Well, I walked a 5k. Actually, I only (laughs) walked a 1k. Um, (laughs) But um, we had a great day. There's 600 plus people there signed up for the race and, um, and we got home last night. So uh, had a good day today. And oh. just got the, we had our massage therapist come in to work on my staff um, for, oh, wait, cause we're what? about to hit fall break. Yeah. You have a I massage take therapist care of my ladies, in. you know, oh, cause my God. yeah, they work hard for me. So I want to do some nice things for them. So we're heading into fall break in Chapel Hill. So um, we've been crushing it for the past, you know, two and a half months. So a little break is a necessary. Okay. I love how you were like, oh, I just got over this weekend. You know, kind of important. Like, didn't yeah. even say what it was. Tell our dope village what the hell you were doing. I was inducted into the Hall of Fame, hey! the Lacrosse Hall of Fame. So that's pretty awesome. 
as you guys can probably know from, from so many people that you interview, it's really not about me. You know, I've, I've had incredible teammates at the university of Virginia, had incredible players here at Carolina for the past, this is the start of my 28th year here. Um, so we, you know, we started the program, um, in 1995, 96 was our very first season, um, of existence. Um, so it's, I've been the only coach here. And so just to see like all the different players come back from the different generations, um, you know, that was, it It was incredible. I wish I had like an extra three days just to put some t-shirt and shorts on and, you know, hang out and drink some beers and tell stories instead of having to get it all fancied up. But Um, I'm not someone who does hair and makeup very well. So I had two of my former players come in and do my hair and makeup. I saw the picture. You look so good. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, my family was there. Uh, we have Dan and I have three kids. So, uh, Ryan, our oldest is a sophomore here at Carolina playing lacrosse for coach Breshi. Um, Alec, Alec is a PG up at Taft and he's going to come down here next year, play lacrosse. And then, uh, Kate is a junior in high school and she's got two more years. She's at McDonough in Baltimore and then she'll come down and play for me, which is really cool. Yeah. She j- she committed as soon as she could, That's right? Awesome. Kate's always been like, I want to be one of your girls. And then. Well, um, here's here's why. Yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. From Julia's a young showing age. A, a picture of Jenny's daughter on the sideline. She looks like she's about 10 there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, our, the program's gone from like when I had no kids to getting married and they, you know, all these young women live through like pregnancy with me and, um, you know, the joys of motherhood Right. (laughs) and, you know, I'm pretty honest with them and tell them like, this is what your body does. (laughs) It's not always pretty, but it's amazing. Um, and then just, you know, Dan, um, who's incredible. My husband, he's Mia's agent. Um, Alex Morgan's agent, Megan Rapino's agent. Um, you Dan's know, what an unbelievable career he's had. And um, you know, he traveled a lot. So many times yeah. it was me and three kids navigating, you know, Monday through Friday together. And inevitably hilarious stories came out of that. So all the players are now like can't believe how big our kids are. It's either can I. So it was a really fun night. Oh, that's so awesome. And, yeah. and and let's rewind a little bit more. May, you win your third national championship and the school's third national championship. As you established, you have been the only coach there for 28 years. And then in July, you put on your U.S. women's lacrosse national team hat because you are the coach for them as well, as you just said, and go and win a world championship for the first time on U.S. soil for them and go undefeated in that as well, as, going, as well as going undefeated in your collegiate season, you did the double. And then you're like, thank you very much. I'll go just go into the hall of fame as well. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a solid few months there, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, to think back, I think um, it's just the people that make it special. I, I have great staff here at Carolina. My U.S. staff was awesome. Um, the players that I get to coach here at Carolina were so talented. COVID really impacted us. So in 2020, the Carolina team was headed towards a really, really great season. And, you know, we were seven games in seven and zero, and the season gets canceled, which is, you know, it was really hard as a, it's hard for everybody. Everybody had a disruptance in life. Um, and then the next year you come back and you've got all these hardcore rules that you can and can't do to keep people safe because mm-hmm. the vaccine mm-hmm. wasn't out and people, you know, things were up your nose every three, you know, every couple of days you're getting tested and, you know, college kids aren't supposed to be, you know, in sitting at home doing nothing, you know, they, which was really hard for them. But the 2021 season, we go undefeated and lose a heartbreaker to Boston College, who eventually wins the national championship. So we had most of our seniors that year choose to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year we had, um, you know, a very veteran team great underclassmen and great leadership and just really enjoyed the year. And we were able to have so much more fun. So when the fall started, we just said, Hey, go out and have fun. And they were like, what? <laughs> it was so, I, I I don't care. Like go to the football games, like go uptown, go have fun. Mm. And they were, it took them about like two weeks to really digest what I was telling them. Cause they were so used to being so like strict with each other. I'm like, listen, there's everyone's vaccinated. Everyone's been boosted. 
Like if you get sick, cause every August I keep getting COVID. So that's like the joke of like <laughs> Chapel Hills that Jenny's like, you know, person zero to everyone COVID in the athletic. <laughs> so every, so two August in a row, I'm two for two. Um, and so I said, if you get it, you get it, you know, but you know, if you have it, just be safe around other people who are compromised. But at this point, people should be vaccinated. That's how I feel. Right. right. And it's like the flu and everything else you're getting vaccinated right. for. So, um, so yeah, we just really try to encourage them to have a really good time and, you know, we get into the season. And, and so over the past three years, we've lost one game, which has been like hard to think about. And that that was a reality because every game you go into, you think like, oh, this is going to be a really hard game. And we have had a lot of really hard games. And, uh, you know, just that's the thing you yeah. have. When oh, I yeah. saw that documentary that you, the, the school journalism at UNC produced. It was so good. Yeah. On how, I mean, that's just that semifinal against Northwestern. I mean, yeah. give, the, give some context of that. That was this semifinal. Again, you had lost in the last two semifinals, right? Oh, yeah. To Boston mm -hmm. College. This yep. is against Northwestern. Yeah. You're undefeated. And you're down by a lot. Yeah. So I don't know what the equivalency in soccer would be. Maybe down three or four goals, three, yeah. two. I so, think like four, three or four. Yeah, yeah. Something like in the hole hard. And so we get into that, that, um, the semifinal game against Northwestern and they were playing great. I mean, they really was, it was the best lacrosse they had played all season. Um, they had come to Chapel Hill earlier in the year and, and, you know, didn't compete as hard against us and um, credit to their hall of fame coach, um, Kelly Monte Hiller, who had them prepared to just get into a ring with boxing gloves and take it to us. And, um, and they did. And luckily we had a, we were down six, nothing, and there was a huge rain delay. And so we, we got, you know, kind of like recap. I said, Oh, this is going to be a, this will be great. This, we need a rain delay right now. So, yeah. <laughs> And so we get into the locker room, we give them some time because it was like an hour and a half rain delay. We finally go in, we're like, you know, you know when you're scared to fail and you're just, you know what, what's on the line. And this team had, the the upperclassmen had been, you know, they had lost this game. So it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy at some point. And credit my graduate assistant at the time, Kaylee Waters, um, actually she was our volunteer. She played for me and she was the goalie of our 2016 championship team. And she was on my national team this past summer. And she went in there and she's like, okay, what I kind of pref, you know, got everyone up and running. Like, what's going on? What are you thinking about? Are you scared? Like, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we're good. And finally, Kaylee said, I'm like, you're not good. You're lying. You, you got to come clean with how you feel. Like, you got to put it out there. And finally, someone, one of our seniors, like, my legs are shaking. I can't feel it. I'm so nervous. I'm afraid to fail. And then the floodgates <laughs> opened. Everybody in the room started like coming clean with like where they were actually mentally, which was like really unique. And um, so we took the field and I thought, okay, we'll write the ship. And we didn't, you know, we, we went even in the second quarter, which was two, two score. And I said, we can't, we're not going to be able to make up the, the ground. If we go even with them, we have to get stops. And then third quarter, same thing. We were in the hole even further. So we're down set eight, I think eight goals in the sixth, third quarter. We get into the fourth quarter. I'm thinking, this is on me. Like I did not have them where they needed to be. And I can't believe we're going to lose this damn game again. <laughs> and next thing we know, like the defense was like, we're, we're ready. We're, we're ready. So we changed our defense to this high pressure our middies, we had lots of middies. So we started running people at them, causing turnovers on the mid middle of the field and on the defensive end. And each time, like another player stepped up to make a play. And then we had our grad, our grad transfer, this girl named Sam Garrisback from oh Richmond. Oh my God. She, she just, just went, yeah. she went like into this dark place <laughs> <laughs> and she, no fear. And the rest of the team was like, you go girl. And I mean, she scored within, like yeah. five goals within yeah. crazy amount of minutes. Yeah. So like, we oh were, my God. Yeah. So I think we hit like four, we were down four with five minutes left. And I'm like, I think we're going to win this game. Like I just felt it. And I wasn't four goals isn't that's hard. It is. So hard. That's, that's left, cool to hard. think. Not yeah. just we're going to have a chance, but we're going to win. You know, I thought we were going to win and we yeah. got, you know, then we tied it. I don't know. We were up by one and then our goalie. Then they tied it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It got crazy and it just was awesome. It was, it's yeah. like one of those things that I told him on Saturday between the two games. I'm like, listen, 
you have to win the national championship now because the story <laughs> of the semifinal game is so good. There's so many lessons in it for people to learn, whether you're on a team or you're a young kid. I mean, it could be a Disney movie, you know, <laughs> it could be because it, it teaches so many things about teamwork and belief and, and what you can accomplish that's bigger than yourself. And, and so, you know, it's just, it, it was a historic win in our, in our sport, which we tend to have those in 2013, we won a championship and it was our very first in five overtimes. So oh we went God. deep into the night. Yeah. yeah. And so we've had two wins. We've oh had two epic God. wins that are attributed to our program, which I don't, I just, maybe we should just do a better job. <laughs> and, oh yeah. I yeah. It's terrible. You've only had what, how many losses did you say in the last three years? Yeah. One? I, yeah. Do a better job. The painful Jenny. ones. They're the most painful ones. Well, the thing that, that honestly resonated with me right away when I was watching this is the fact that after you were down 6-0 and you get in that locker room with that gift of a lightning delay, how many coaches would have ripped them a new one, right? Like, oh, yeah. what the hell was yeah. that? Yeah. That was absolute poo-poo. Yeah. And then, I mean, they would have lost their ever-loving mind. And yeah. you were super calm about it. You were like, it was a gift. And we said yeah. to them, what's going on? <laughs> And yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is the <laughs> difference when you have women coaching. Like, like, oh, hey, let's talk well, about this. I don't this. even know. You know what? I'm going to stop you there on women. I'm going to say Jenny coaching. Yeah. Truth. Facts. Facts, as the kids say. Facts. <laughs> well, I mean, I appreciate the compliment, but I would say probably in my former days, one time I got into a game, it was a regular season game and we were terrible. We... It was probably like 35 degrees out and howling wind. And my kids showed up on the field with like their hoodies on, pinched so small you could only see their eyes and their nose. And that was warm-ups. And the other team comes out with like like um racerback tanks on. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, we're gonna lose this game. And I remember telling like, listen, like if I if I want vitamin D milk in my cereal, I don't want skim. Like, and I remember like losing my marbles this is way early in my and i was so mad at them for just not like being yeah. tough and, yeah, and yeah. i was like and to this day they, they're like remember when you told us that i'm like yes i'm so sorry so <laughs> i would say that is a lesson i've learned over 27 years you can't yeah. just, women don't respond to that you have to give yeah. them some grace and like and co coerce them into where they are supposed to be without like getting them to get tight you know yeah so. Something I, I absolutely love about listening to your stories is hearing all these lessons weaved into them. I appreciate the fact that you would share a story of a moment that maybe wasn't a highlight as a coach, but you definitely learned from it. How would you describe your coaching philosophy? Oh, well, um, right behind me, the wall is Anson and he's in his office right now. Um, so Anson I, Dorrance, the oh, women's yeah. soccer coach. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I came to Carolina and um, I, they hired me when I was 24. I did not negotiate any type of contract or payment. <laughs> I was You were like, you want me? Thank you. I'm like, you want to hire me? Great. $30,000? No problem. I've never made that much money in my life. Like, this is awesome. So, um, you know, we came in and I think Anson and the women's soccer program, I think we're on their 15th national title. Women's field hockey had won like three in a row. Uh, men's lacrosse had won five or six. Basketball was, everybody was winning. You know, the, the culture, is, as you all know, is just unbelievable here with, with the success stories. So here I am thinking, oh my gosh, but <laughs> Anson's been a huge mentor for me. He, you know, I, I love the personality of his programs between like the competitive fire, but yet like the people that were so real, like I felt like the women on his team really could be themselves. And I really mm. appreciated that. Um, and then um, the, another big mentor for me here has been Roy Williams in the men's basketball program. And he just, the family aspect and, you know, doing what you believe and, and tapping mm. into that. So I would say, my, my philosophy is relationships first, hands down. I can't coach without really tapping into like who you are as a human being and learning how, what's important to you. And, and it doesn't mean I'm not incredibly demanding. Our standards are really high, 
um, but our culture is paramount. So mm. in the recruiting process, we we use our core values and we talk about our core values, which starts with integrity, goes to your relationships, goes to leadership effort, and then performance. So those five pillars. And mm. we recruit with that, which enables us really to differentiate between the great you know, student athlete talent that's interested in Carolina. And sometimes our message and our values resonate with people and other times it doesn't. Um, so beyond like what your scholarship is going to be, do you want to be a part of this program? And do does our language resonate with you? And if it does, then we're probably on the right track to maybe having a relationship in the future. Uh, you know, you the other person being a student athlete for us. Um, and if it doesn't, it's okay. You know, everybody, you know, everyone's a little bit different. So there's a lot of other great programs out here that will resonate with people. But, you know, we tend to start that in the recruiting process, actually not Ted, we absolutely start yeah. the recruiting process with some non-negotiables for us. What does integrity mean to you? How would you define it? Um, closing the gap between what you say and what you do. It's just Ooh. that simple. Ooh. Yeah. Right. And I hold myself to that too. So, you know, if I, and it's, you know, as our alumni base has gotten Ooh. bigger, it's really important to me, like if I say I really want to have a dinner with, you know, the you know, 1999 class, like that we make that happen. So it's whether it's like social interaction and connecting, whether it's, you know, what I think one of the things that we do well here is we might identify three or four things for each team each year that are like critical to their development and success. And it has to be followed up. You know, a lot of people have a lot of like they'll talk a lot about this is what we're gonna do, this is what we're gonna do. I'm like, no, let's pick like two or three things that we know that we can theme through the whole entire year and and make sure that we're constantly talking about it. And so mm-hmm. that to me as a coach is important. And that I know is why we tend to have success uh, because we really try to follow through on things. Um our relationships are important. We meet with, we have 40 players on our team. Jules, how big was your team at Stanford? Like 23? You have 40? 40? Mm-hmm. Wow. Can you imagine working with 40 women? That's amazing. And <laughs> that insane. and that you're able to keep the culture as positive and powerful as it is, because that's hard to do with 40 people. You have a lot of people not playing, right? We have a lot of people that don't play and that's yeah. really hard. Yeah. And We, last year we won with 40, um, in 2016, we won with 36, which is about normal size for us. And in 2013, we ran, we won with 33, but to keep that many players, um, happy is really hard. And so the relationship piece becomes really important and, and listen, not everybody's happy my job isn't like it is to care about people and, and help them realize their best potential and their best versions of themselves while they're here so they can graduate from college and do something else that will impact communities, yeah. industries, leadership, what, you know, whatever they want to go into. So, you know, it's a part of their life, but while they're here, it, it becomes a big part of their life and a yeah. very much a priority, especially for their parents. And so, you know, having empathy with that, um, it's really, that's really hard, but we meet with every other player um, every week, every other week. That's what I was going to just ask, like how much communication yeah. must be happening? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the thing. I think it's, it's and it's hard with 40 players to communicate that much. But as long as you're letting a player know, I always thought, as long as I knew where I stood, I remember Anson one time yeah. saying to me when I was a young national teamer, I respect uh, talent and technical skill, Julie, but I admire courage and basically, you lack the courage to play defense right now. <laughs> and <then> so, <laughs> yikes! <laughs> until you start defending, you're yeah. not going to ever play. And yeah. I was like, "Copy, thank you, I got that." But, but it's would, real, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was communicating all the time. But I'm thinking, with wow, 40 women who want to be playing, they're all competitive. They're all, I'm sure, would be starting at most programs nationally. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And we adopted that more recently than not for COVID reasons. Cause we were, we couldn't put the team in the same, we couldn't put them in the locker room ever. We weren't allowed mm. to. And so we were really worried about them being isolated. 
and not being connected with them. And so we, we, Phil and I at the time were the only two coaches because we had, because of COVID, we, one of my coaches left and went to Germany. Um, and, you know, cause her, that's where her, um, partner was. And so we were down a coach and they were like, you can't hire anybody. So mm-hmm. Phil and I, and Phil has been my assistant for 18 years. So, mm-hmm. and, um, and he's young, he's about 25. No, just, <laughs> um, <laughs> He, he, um, you know, we were like, listen, we, we've got to meet with these guys. And so that was yeah. a priority for us and we stuck with yeah. it and it's, it's yeah. a good, it's good. Yeah. And it gives it, the players a chance to come in and have courage and talk about, you know, and listen to feedback, but also give feedback if they want to. Um, but it also says, Hey, what do you want to do academically? You know, what, what do you do career wise? You know, are, how's your roommate, you know, <laughs> just check in with human as human beings. Yeah. Um, so cool. And so that I learned that off of um, some uh, coaching development that I did during COVID um, with Brett Ledbetter and um, the old, the retired uh, Becky Burley yep. um, from Florida. From so, Florida. I, so one of the uh, softball coaches had talked about, that's one of the things that she did. And I thought, wow, that yeah. that's amazing. And we, I challenged myself to do it. So go back to integrity, you know? So we yeah. follow through with that now. Closing the gap. Yeah. What you say and what you do. Yeah. Well, one woman we know named Colleen Hacker. Oh, Doc is the best. Dr. Hacker Flash, uh, who I know has worked with you in your program. Uh, We're like, okay, what is it when you think of Jenny? Um, how would you describe her? And she wrote, never worked with a coach more invested in continuous growth, learning, and development. And you just oh. proved it right there. Like I picked this up from Becky and I was listening to this and uh, yeah. which I just, I mean, you're 28 years in, you're crushing it on all levels and the the ability to be like, I want to learn more. And the desire, I, I'm, where does that come from? Um, probably the underdog mentality of never thinking that you've arrived or you're the best. I wasn't, I was, I played it. My, um, college career is at the university of Virginia. Um, we won a national championship there in 91. I was, a, I was a junior on the team with an incredible senior class in front of me. Um, but I barely, you know, landed there. I was like the last kid on the chopping block mm-hmm. to get into, the program, my high school coach was a grad assistant then. And she said, no, no, take this kid. She'll work really hard for you. And so I was, I think I'd been crossed out and they said, are you sure? She's like, no, I'm sure. So I've always known in the back of my head, I was, you know, I was the underdog. I was the underdog to get the job here at Carolina. Um, The other, the other people they interviewed were, were head coaches. I was the only assistant coach. I had a whopping year and a half experience. (laughs) Um, and so I, I, I'm in an environment here at Carolina where Anson's a perpetual learner. Um, there's just so much to know. Like I look around and I like, you know, I was the, I was eight out of nine to speak the other night and I'm sweating at the table because um, everyone's speeches were so good. And I'm thinking, should I just scrap my speech and just go up and wing it? I'm like, no, stay the course, stay the course. <laughs> so um, I have plenty of confidence, but I also admire other people's talents, um, whether it's coaching talents, speaking talents. You guys are incredible. I love your podcast. I love listening mm. to you, Julie, and everything you've done in your career. Lynn, I don't know you personally, but I always am so impressed with like just your insight and your questioning. I, I want to learn how to become a better question asker. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a, a great skill. Um, I don't know. There's so many people that are so talented that you just, you, you feel like you've only scratched the surface of so many different areas. Um, I, I think that's just, I'm lucky. That's just how I'm wired. Uh, mm-hmm. But you always have that chip like, ah, oh, that wasn't very good. <laughs> Probably didn't smooth that and do that very well. <laughs> Is there something you're working on right now? Um, what am I working on right now? Well, I'm working on closing out the um, national team job that I, you know, from this past year. So it's the, we're, we're similar to where soccer was when Anson coached the U S soccer team, yeah. where it's just a part-time gig. Um, it's not a full-time gig. So I'm, I'm just working on closing out this past year. It's been, it's been pretty busy. Um, 
but I want to become a better speaker and I want to become a better question asker. So that's what I'm working on professionally. Um, I'd love to run faster, but I don't think that's in my future. <laughs> oh, but come on. Our, we need to beat Anson and Pickleball. So when I come back yes, in December, pickleball. we're working on that. Put that on your I, list, Jenny. Yes, I'm working on becoming a big, better pickleball player. Um, <laughs> my natural tendency is aggressive and power, and and I I don't. Yeah. It's not going to win anything when yeah. you get up to the next level. So I'm working on my dink game and yep. and finesse. I have my dink responsibly uh, yes. shirt that I'll wear to remind me. Yes, and so that's I'm just working on just little things. Um, art. My kids are old older. And so just learning how to communicate with them better as they mature and have a different, as our relationship changes, trying to, you know, do that better. We have an empty nest this year. So my husband likes to play golf. So I promised him I'd get back on the golf course. So, you know, things that make you feel fulfilled as a human yeah. too. Last question before the Lynn game, because you, you brought it up and, and this is, this has always fascinated me. I know we've talked about this Jenny offline quite a bit, but um, where I see lacrosse is very much as I saw it, like kind of our mid nineties with soccer. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of grassroots level players now playing and there's this swell of people interested in it. And yet it's still trying to, you know, come out of this obscurity and maybe obscurity is too, is too much. No, but, it's true. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm talking mostly at the national team level, because obviously we saw the success. You guys crushed it with a sold out stadium. How many people in that stadium, by the way? I think it was like, like 11,000. Yeah, it's it's, a, awesome it's too small, but it, it yeah. actually makes for great TV. It yeah. was a great environment to play in. So I have no, no problems with it. But what, what is, I guess my question is, What's next for you for U.S. lacrosse? You just won this world championship, but how do you get to a level where it's more mainstream? That's a great question. So, I thought, um, and and going back a little bit, we definitely the past five years with the national team absolutely used your blueprint from the '99ers and where soccer had been, and yeah. it's something that I think U.S. lacrosse is hearing is tired of hearing from me that. We have to take the team to the to the high schoolers. We have to move the team around the country. We have to make the team more accessible because when I took the job in 2017, I probably saw about 2,000 high school players and middle schoolers that year. And I asked all name a player on the national team. Um, they just won their third gold medal, and nobody could. There's probably like five, five mm -hmm. out of 2,000, and it reminded me of. The story, I think, when Carla's coming back from China and she sat next to that old lady and the and and, and the lady goes, Oh, what were you doing? You know, what were you doing? She's like, Oh, we just won the world champion. She goes, oh, that's nice, dear. Like, that's where lacrosse is, you know, and except unless you're like a huge, you know, lacrosse person. And it is growing. And what our team over the past five years proved, similar to you all, is that you know, there's a lot of interest and these, the, mm -hmm. the female athletes work hard and they care about the sport. They care about their craft. They're, they're not being paid professionally and yet they show up and work really hard and they're amazing. And so I just thought our goal was to create more visibility and exposure for the women's game, our national team, but also for the women themselves. And so this world cup for the very first time, they were able to sell jerseys with players' names on the back um, you know, our, our very first event we ever did, um, back in 2018, we had, I think 300 people on the Insta and that weekend, the goal was to have over 10,000. And since then it's grown. So it just, there's a lot of interest in it, but the problem is internationally, unfortunately, unlike soccer, it's not an international game yet. Yeah. Uh, we did have 32 countries, um, compete this summer, which is the first as the biggest that they've had. Um, the next step for us is really trying to have an Olympic inclusion in 2028 oh, really? uh, with that. Yeah. And the reason is, is because the other countries need financial support in yeah. order to grow in their country and the Olympics, the Olympics will do that, but we've had to compromise our game in order to keep our numbers small. Um, kind of like rugby had to do to get in. Uh, but the game is growing. It is super fun. 
Um, and I think the women in particular, because of what you all did and what I saw with all those little girls, I lived it because Dan was working with a lot of the people on the team. So the nineties and watching just what happened with soccer was, was really instrumental in my vision, um, to what lacrosse can be Mm. personally. And now I don't call it my vision. I hope it's our vision for the sport and um, really trying to take it to the next level. But it's, it's, there's a challenge. There's, we need to get, have more diversity in the sport. Um, It's expensive. Um, The different countries, as you saw with, with us soccer, us was getting funded, but all the other countries were not Um, at the same level, not all of them. And you probably can talk way better than I can. So on that, but um, you know, how to get the other countries up and running parity is important. People are Mm -hmm. not interested in having one team win all the time, which, you know, Mm -hmm. it's fun to win all the time, but it's, it's important that other people win too. Yeah. Mm. So when you said I'm wrapping things up, that doesn't mean you're ending your well, You're, I rotate off. So oh, you are going to rotate off. I rotate off and they'll hire somebody else for the next re- rotation. Okay. Um, it's, it's as it should be. I yeah. think, you know, so they'll I, take like a, another quad. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So they'll kind of like Anson, I think passed the torch, but he did eight years, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then I think Tony was the next coach. Um, and so, you know, I, and it was Tony, a college coach at the time. Uh, he was our assistant on the national team. Right. So he was not, and he He's was full-time. not a college coach. Yeah. Right. So look, us across, we're not there yet to have full-time right. coaches. So, right. so it's a mm. lot of work. Um, I loved it. I loved working with the athletes, um, but it's a lot of work and it does take away some energy from the other things in your yeah. life that are really important. So for me, it's a good time to take a little break. Uh, you know, maybe in the future will be something I do again. Um, but right now I think it's good for me to, you know, focus on Carolina and focus on my family. Who's all, you know, it's all over the place right now in a good way. And pickleball. And pickleball. Yes. I, I'm like, I really want to, I signed up for I'm, a tournament. I'm like ready. I'm like ready. I'm I know. Ready for our re- I, t- I told Colleen we're coming out. We're coming out. I'm, I want to beat Anson's ass is what I want to do. I'm like, yes. I'm like, come on. Yeah, but he got his hip replaced and now he has to play slower. Oh, that's right. I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, but we might finally beat you. I did no. actually send that text. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was find like, a different... oh, how are you? Are you okay? Oh, we might actually beat you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem is, is now he's playing more slow, which makes him better. Oh, right. He's got yeah. all the angles down. Yeah. So this is the perfect segue to the Lynn game. Okay. The theme of the game is don't overdink it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn, that's too good. All pickleball lovers out there will appreciate that joke. And this game is all about pickleball. Five okay. questions. Okay. okay. Best Sweet. of five, good all one. multiple choice. We've encountered a noisemaker issue with Zoom, and that Zoom no longer picks up the high registers of the noisemakers. So to adapt and adjust this season, each of you will just need to say your name quickly. And then that's how, that's now the new okay. noisemaker. Julia okay. Gurlia. Jenny. Okay. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> got it. Here's question one. In what U.S. state did pickleball get its start? Ooh. Is it A, Oregon, B, California, or C, Washington? Julie. Julie. What were the three again? <laughs> I thought the last one was going to be You should be Florida. in the penalty box for that. I was sure it was going to be Florida. It was Oregon, Washington, and what? California. California. Um, all right. All right. I'm going California. Incorrect. It's now 50-50 for you, Jenny. Is it Oregon or Washington? Washington. Correct. Oh, shit. Did By the way, I that? thought it was Florida. I, I I watched a whole documentary on the beginning of it in the backyard of that per, the the people's house. I, oh, see, I was and right. Lens go wrong. and visit it, but it is Washington now that I remember. Yeah. Oh. Okay, and I was going to give a little bit of a um, just a warning. All of these are off the internet, so take them with a grain of salt. Oh, what is your okay. source? Okay, better not be Wikipedia. Question two: What year was the first ever professional pickleball court built? 
Is it A, 1967, B, 1977, or C, 1987? Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> 77. Incorrect. <gasps> okay. Okay. First pickleball court? Would they really be playing in 67? Yes. I. 87. I'm going 87. 87. Always go with your first instinct. Ah, That's incorrect. Yes. yes, I love it. You go down on the 50-50. Yes, and I got it. <laughs> Question three. What is Shoot. the name of the part of the court where you are not allowed to Jenny. volley? Jenny. Kitchen. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Julie's losing her mind. <laughs> Julie, you got so loud that uh, Zoom muted you. <laughs> Question four. It's two to one. What? Way, you're up. Florida, two zero, right? Two zero. Two to one. <laughs> I got no the kitchen. Points. I got the kitchen. Oh, that went to Jenny because you were so loud we couldn't hear you. Oh, shut up. I didn't get the kitchen. <laughs> you knew I had the kitchen. I was so loud you could not hear me. Uh huh. Yeah, you cut out. So we're recording this on Zoom. We'll, we'll have your audio because we record it separately. It's just so much going Zoom. on technically with the game. Zoom is the official. And he just made a bad call. So you're going to have to whisper your name, Julie. It's not possible. It's not genetically possible. Okay, 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 keep going. Okay. Okay, question four. What Florida city is considered the capital of pickleball? Is it A, Tampa Bay? B, Naples, or C, Boca Raton? Jenny. Go for it, Jenny. Naples. Correct. Oh, my God, I got skunked. Oh, well done, <laughs> what Jenny. What kind of documentaries have you been watching, by the way? Did she tell you, did Lynn let you know that you should be watching pickleball documentaries? <laughs> no, but Mia was giving me advice the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I snorted. Did it catch that? Oh, I seriously, so I watch cute. I watch pickleball on my Instagram all all the time. And Dan's like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, "Pickleball." He's like, "Why?" I go, "I'm trying to learn." <laughs> uh, all right. Uh. Most pressing questions. Congratulations. Thank you. Even if I did get the kitchen, I would have lost. Okay. I still I'll got get the smoked. kitchen. But I would <laughs> still take the if kitchen. You got the kitchen. Yeah, right. you still smoked me. Um, okay, full disclosure, I am obsessed with when you score in lacrosse, you throw your your stick down. I it's like dropping the mic. It and is. the way they do it with like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what could be the soccer equivalent for that? Because we need that. Um. I don't know. I mean, I think Brandy so taking good. her shirt off. <laughs> that's what I thought too. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing that's like has that much aggression. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they do it. It's like, oh, so well, I think like the two legged slide on grass is pretty cool. Yeah. Like when they like go and they run to the uh, corner on their and knees. slide. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's kind of yeah. like the Ronaldo two handed. Yes. Mm, he does yes. this. Okay, or the Rapino power stance. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yes. yes. That's yeah. a better. Yeah, that's pretty okay. good. We and why again do they do, do they need to test their stick? So uh, we have a limit on how much um, pocket you can have on the lacrosse stick, and so after a goal, they check it to make sure you're not playing with an illegal stick. And but that's like, how would you get it. an illegal stick? You'd bring it in when you come well, off the bench. It bags out like the stick throughout the course of a game, especially a wet game, <sighs> will start to like bag out your stick. And so, oh. or people make their sticks. So the more pocket, the bigger the pocket you have in your lacrosse stick, the more power you can get on shooting and things like that. Oh. So like the men's stick, they're allowed a huge pocket and they also can shoot a lot further out with power for a lot of reasons, but one is the stick, yeah. but the technology in the women's stick now is, is so good that, um, you could play it like a guy, you can, you can handle it and shoot and things like that. Like almost like the guys. So we're almost, unfortunately, the game's getting closer to helmets, which we don't like, but yeah. it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Another good segue. Yeah. Yeah. Another good segue because 
with my most pressing question, it, it relates to the fact that I got the worst bruise of my life when I was hit <laughs> in the thigh by an errant lacrosse ball that it turned like purple and green, which I learned it means it was a deep bruise. And it makes me wonder why don't goalies wear more padding? It seems like they should have way more padding. Yeah, it's they they don't they should, um, but they early in the season, we always give our goalies an option to wear a lot of padding in practice because the shooters aren't quite dialed in as much. Um, and they always say, no, I think it just takes a special person to play goalie. Yeah, they, they, that's they, a good way to put it. Yeah. I, our, our guys get hit and sometimes they'll get hit twice in one spot and you just feel oh, for them. Could you imagine getting hit in your little bruise area Mm-mm. or maybe big bruise area? Could you imagine getting hit again in it? Mm-mm. Yeah. So no. those guys, they're so tough. They're, they just love it. And at our level, if there's goalies that don't like getting hit and don't like taking shots, then they're probably not going to play at our level. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, they're not, they're not goalies. Yeah, no, they're, they're a little cuckoo. Yeah. Okay. And then Jenny, <laughs> that's very similar to soccer goalies. A little yeah. cuckoo. Yeah. A lot of cuckoo. Actually, a lot of cuckoo. Yeah. We call uh, it goalie world in our, yeah. at Carolina. We call it goalie world and... Yeah. <laughs> I call it keep keeper cuckoo. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. High, low cheer. The last thing we always do on the podcast, high of your career, low of your career and the cheers for someone who helped you along the way. Oh, wow. Um, I think high of my career is when we have a um, major alumni weekends that celebrate like 20 years, 25 years. It's just seeing all the players come back with their friends and for who all played at Carolina and just like the connection between all of them mm-hmm. um, is, is just an unbelievable. And it's, you just learn at that point, it's way beyond like what the lacrosse field can, you know, winning and losing. Um, but the, the relationships and the, the fact that they come back, they give back, they're engaged. That's always a high for me in my career. Um, high in my life is having kids. Um, the, let's see. Um, what is it? High, low, low. low? Mm-hmm. Um, I just hate losing games that matter. <laughs> I just, cause I feel so accountable that, you know, as student athletes, you only get four years to win and it's something they work so hard for, um, that it's hard to lose when people have given so much. And so I, I hate losing more, not as much for me, but for the players and how much they've put into the sport um, to be great. And you got to know it. You can't win every year. So that's, you know, it's, you know, that's usually a low for me. I usually chew on it for about a year <laughs> until the next season. Um, and then the chair goes to my husband, Dan. He's amazing. Yeah, Dan, get in the mm-hmm. chair. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's filled in the blanks when, when I'm away, he's, you know, unlike most guys, no offense, but he's handled three kids. Great. He's figured he does a lot behind the scenes for us. Um, he's got an amazing career himself. He's always been a great advocate of women. Um, the two of us together, um, are a great compliment and what we do. Um, and he's just fair minded, smart, and, um, he's my best friend. So Mm. it's Dan. Definitely. Mm. I love that. Yeah, and oh, I love it says one. so much about you that the first thing you talk about with a high is that it's about the family and community and relationships you've built of them all coming back and seeing them over all these years, and then the second thing you talk about with your low is that you you take the blame for that you feel bad for the players. Oh, I mean, it says yeah. so much about your your style as a leader and your style as a coach, and I love that about you. Well, thanks. Friend. Yeah. You guys, so fun. Thank you. Awesome. What an Uh, honor. You're like, I love your podcast. You covered so much great stuff. I loved your June podcast on Title IX. You learned so much. Um, You know, we're still still battling a good battle there, but yeah, um, and hoping to see a lot of progress. Keep crushing it. Yeah, thanks. And all you're doing. Well, I told Colleen Hacker, Flash, which I don't call her Flash, I call her Doc, that you, me, and me are coming up there to Tacoma yeah. to play some pickle. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm officially the fifth wheel on okay. that trip. Yeah. And, you come, and you can be, you can rotate in if someone pulls a hammy or something like that. But 
um, yeah. you know, work on the posterior chain, girls. So <laughs> our glutes and our hammies are strong. So we don't have any like bad injuries or anything like that. But yeah, I will. I will gladly be the water girl on that on uh, on that game of pickleball. Oh, well, we had Mia in town and, and she hadn't really played a lot of pickle. I said, you have to come out and play. You're going to love it. And she was awesome. She was so yeah. competitive. Yeah. She was, she was, she went out, she got a paddle and her shoes. So I told her she oh, she's got training. the shoes now. Yeah. She bought shoes. Oh, yeah. Level. She like upped her shoes. game. And um, uh, I'm bringing my if shoes. I get a, if like someone says, Jenny, do you want to take a girl's weekend to do something? I'm like, yeah, I'm going out to Tacoma to play pickle with Doc Hacker. So many great takeaways. Lynn, do you want to go first or do you want me to? I can go. I have a bunch, so stick with me. Number one, <laughs> I'm going to try Jenny's Aura Ring reframe. And for those who've not heard of an Aura Ring, Julie loves them. Uh, it's, it's, it's a sleep <laughs> tracker, tracks steps. Love and air quotes. Really cool people wear them. Mm-hmm. And I have, it's, I have not looked at my info today. I get a sleep reading and then also a readiness reading. Have not looked at either. So I'll report back as to what that experience has been like. Number two takeaway, I will find my way to that pickleball game <laughs> in Tacoma. <laughs> Colleen, I'm coming. You got an air mattress. Flash. Yeah, no, Flash has the room. She can put us up. Let's go. Number three, I'd really like to get one of those Mia Hamm bobblehead dolls. <laughs> so much so that I looked at the North Carolina women's soccer schedule to see when the giveaway was. And Jules, it already happened. Oh, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to shout it out to the universe that you need one of them dolls. How much are you willing to pay and what are you w- willing to give? Well, aren't you going to the Chapel Hill area in December? Yes. But time out. I have mm-hmm. a better idea. What's that? You know, when they do these bobblehead promotions, they typically send to the person who is the subject of the bobblehead a okay. few extra ones, namely okay. Miss Mariel Ham, who we may happen to know. So I think that's your best bet. You tell Mia. Do you have an in with Mia? Do you know, as, uh, as the youngins always say to me, have you ever heard of Mia Hamm? I said, yeah, I have. She's all right. She's kind of cool. I don't know if I know her, but yes. Okay. So universe, I would love to get one of those Mia Hamm bobbleheads. And take away four. I oh, could have got four. Gosh. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Not done yet. Not done yet. It's the beginning of the season. I, I, I'm starting with a lot of takeaways. <laughs> You're uh, coming in hot. I am. I could listen to Jenny talk about coaching philosophy easily Mm. for another two hours because it's really life philosophy. That was almost just, that was not enough Jenny Levy Mm -hmm. for me that I really enjoyed listening to what she had to say. Same. Those are my takeaways, especially when she talks relationships and integrity. I would Mm -hmm. do whatever she does. Sign me up. Yeah. I'll be on Jenny's team (laughs) because I agree completely. And then... She also said something that struck me, and I didn't in the moment because we were running long and I wanted to respect our time with her. Mm-hmm. Um, she said something that struck me because it's something I always think about. It's, I'm confident, but she, she says, she said, I'm confident, but I'm always wanting to get better in different areas, right? And then she talked about the areas she wanted to get better at. And it's the balance I often think about and try and strike myself. Like you want to be confident, but you also want to be hungry and curious. And then I started thinking about it some more. Um, and it's the wholesome discontent Dr. Hacker always talked about with the national team. Wholesome discontent. You want to be confident because you don't, but you don't want to be overconfident because when you're overconfident, you get complacent. At least I feel that way in work and in life. And so that was one of them. Two, I also hope to be a, I couldn't remember if she called it a perpetual or perennial learner, as she called Anson, but yes, agree to that as well. And three, I'm not going to four, but three, (laughs) she has so much gratitude and grace Mm -hmm. for players, Mm -hmm. for her assistant coaches, for her mentors, for her life, for her kids, her husband, go down that line. And that's just, mm, I love that. Yeah. So important. One thing that was a challenge on your end, do you have any takeaways 
from how Zoom no longer likes the volume of your voice. It's officially <laughs> over it. I really, if anyone out there knows the president of Zoom, can you please send me their contact? We need to talk about this. Not only does it not like the volume of my voice, which is a problem in itself, because I have a lot of volume. They don't call you loudy fowdy for nothing. Two... The game is completely changed by Zoom's inability to take high pitches. Yeah. Squeaky toy, you can't hear it. Mm -mm. Any jingling? I mean, literally, pull back the curtain. Jenny's noisemaker for the game, which we couldn't use because Zoom wouldn't allow it, was the best noisemaker I've ever seen. She pulled a bottle of ibuprofen out with the pills, and that was her shaker. <laughs> it was on brand, on point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, questions permitted. Let's go. What do you got, Lynn? This comes from our dear friend, a dear friend of the podcast, Kelsey Trainer. Aw. Yay, Kels. Getting the first question in. Kelsey gave me several really good questions, and I chose one of them to ask today. What is your favorite quality in each other? Each other being you and me? Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, okay, I'll go first. Oh, okay. Um, Lynn is so thoughtful that you make me more thoughtful because as Lynn knows, I can sometimes not be very thoughtful and I just want to get shit done <laughs> or I just want to go get to beach volleyball. And it's your thoughtfulness that reminds me to slow down and stop and pause and make sure that my focus is outward rather than inward. Oh, thanks, Jules. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you have a lot of thoughtfulness. This isn't my, the trade I was going to bring up. I'll give an insight into you that um, people might not know about you is that you are an incredible gift giver. <laughs> so I do think you, you really? do. Yeah, you, I would say you are an incredibly thoughtful uh, that's the word I would use, thoughtful gift giver. Mm. Interesting. I would mm -hmm. not even put that in my top 100. Oh, yeah. You. Yeah. You have great gifts because of the thoughtfulness. Mm. Thank you. Uh, the, the quality that just pops into my, into my head, and it's, it's been since the beginning, is the love of laughing. Mm. Hence our podcast <laughs> title. It, and it's true. It's really true. Just there's it for me, it's like a safe space of being able to be myself. And it's genuine, too, from you of enjoying the moment, enjoying each other, enjoying whatever the situation is. It has gotten to the point in our in our friendship and probably editing a lot of um, audio that I, I can actually differentiate your various laughs. <laughs> that's so sad <laughs> it got, you know what it actually is <laughs> um but oh yeah. my god by the way jenny got a snort out of me she she got I, two episodes I in and i got a I, and i definitely snorted it was like a full snort too I, I like a, it was a <laughs> I totally snorted in this episode, too. Yeah. Double snort episode. <laughs> That's how we should rate our episodes. Yeah. How many snorts? Double snort. Uh, two snort. It was a two snort episode. We're going to five star rating. How many snorts? This is two snorter. Okay. That does it for this episode. Thank you to our sponsors, Ally and Dick Sporting Goods, along, of course, with Kate Diaz for our theme music. And thank you, of course, to you, our dope village, for being such an incredible community. And literally, I don't say this enough, but often whether I'm at 
a U.S. game, calling it, or I'm out to eat even away at dinner, or I'm at an Angel City event, wherever I am, people come up and they talk about an episode they've heard or a guest they loved or what nugget they took from one of our podcasts. And it means the world to me and I know to Lynn as well. So thank you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's really the point where I can't leave my house without someone stopping me and telling me about <laughs> laughter permitted. But it is, it is, it is cool. Cool security, right? Seriously, though, it is, it is very cool in in real life to to meet members of our dope village. Yeah. Keep on letting us know what you think, what you love, maybe a little more quietly what you didn't love, but we'll still hear it. We appreciate you. <laughs> Tell your friends, family, your huddles all about this podcast. And remember, as always, kids, sing it with us. Laughter, Laughter permitted. permitted. Mia was giving me advice the whole time. Hey there, Dope Village. ESPN and Anscape contributor Dominique Foxworth has a new podcast every Tuesday and Thursday, bringing his unique perspectives on football, the personalities surrounding it, and just about everything else he finds interesting or thinks you might. So check out The Dominique Foxworth Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast.